0: Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. So excited that you're here today, and I'm excited because we have... One of my great friends and really an icon in the space of service providers. She's a friend. She's a peer. She is Tasha Booth. And today we're going to be talking about something that brings the two of us together that really we've both kind of grown up in the space of serving both our clients as well as serving other service professionals. And we're going to give you a little behind the scenes of what that looks like and also some of the skills that we have. And even though we're completely different, sometimes we really are are we feel like we're marketing to different people and sometimes it's the same people. But what I see when I look at Tasha is We both have the gift of project management. And I know every single person that is listening here today, you may debate with me. You may say you don't have this skill, but if you are listening to the Ops Authority podcast, there is a good, good, good chance that you are organized, you're detailed, you love to make a list, and most importantly, you love checking off that list. That's a really superficial description of what project management looks like. But we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper today with my friend, Tasha Booth. Before we get kicked off today, I'm going to read her bio. And if you are brand new to Tasha, welcome to an incredible human being. You can go stalk her as soon as you finish listening to this podcast today. But I have a feeling a lot of the ladies that are tuning in today already know Tasha, but in case you don't, Tasha is an agency owner. She's a coach. She's also a podcaster. She's the founder and the CEO of The Launch Guild, a full-service launch support agency working with established coaches and course creators with course and podcast launches. Her team is now over 20 members strong and works together to support their clients in being able to focus back on their zones of genius. Additionally, she mentors virtual support professionals launch managers, and agency owners. We see all of those people inside of our community. So you're really going to be able to identify with our guests today. These people are passionate and ready to grow their businesses while living life on their own terms. She is the host of the How She Did It podcast. This is a podcast for virtual support pros to learn business and tech tips. If you're listening to me, you should definitely be listening to Tasha every single week. She's been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Entrepreneur, and has appeared as a guest speaker for various summits and podcasts, including the one and only Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy and Julie Solomon's The Influencer Podcast. Tasha is an Air Force wife to her husband, Scott, a stepmom to Grace and Meredith, and a work-from-home dog mom to Stanley and Boomer. In her spare time, she watches true crime TV, sings karaoke amazingly well, by the way. And she tends to her organic vegetable garden. That is a phenomenal synopsis of my friend and guest today. I have a great feeling as you were listening to that, you were like, yes, this is my person. So I want to make sure that we give Tasha the welcome that she deserves.
1: I'm so excited that you're here, Tasha. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you.
0: How in the world do I have 125 episodes recorded on this podcast? And I don't
1: have Tasha on here. I want to know how in the world you have 125 because I think I started my podcast before you and I think like you have the same number of episodes.
0: <laughs> really? I don't know. I don't, I don't think we've ever missed a week. So oh, yeah, I'm a
1: slacker. So <laughs> my team that is is like, not uh, true. I, it's funny because I record my like seasons all in one week. And then my team has to chase me down for the intros, to record the intros.
0: Yes, so you see how I just did this right now because of course there have been times where maybe we didn't have the bio or maybe I didn't know what the title is gonna be and we were just gonna have a chat and so we were gonna figure those things out afterwards. That is danger zone here on the Ops Authority because it's like 12 o'clock. The night before the editor has to have it like last, last, last call. And my team is like hitting me up in Voxer on the text message and email. They're like, where are you woman? So I totally get it. We cannot be operating like that. So, (laughs) well- Thank you so much for being our guest on this episode. We are going to dive into project management. I know that this is something that you and I have in common. And I know for myself, it was one of those skills that I really never saw as a true skill or a benefit or even something that made me stand out. And I think about this all the way back to like youthhood, right? I have a great feeling that you're a lot like me. But when I think all the way back to like six, seven, eight years old, like really young Natalie, I was what people would probably describe as bossy. I know in high school, that kind of transition to that chick gets stuff done or... I want to be on the group project with Natalie because she's going to make sure we we get an A, right? And so it's almost like that gift of being able to document the process or what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And then also that other gift, which is equally as important, is being able to get the buy-in of the people that you're working with to help you to get those things done. Yeah. So project management, just those terms like project manager or project management sounds so stiff, so professional, But I really think in my community, we look back and we see those project management skills and traits all the way back to when we were a small
1: child. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. I think I see it in a different way because I share this a lot, but I have ADHD and I did not realize that until I was in my 20s. And so growing up, I had to create systems internally that worked for me just so that I could function. You know, I was a great student, but it took a lot... Of me creating systems and figuring out what systems worked in order for me to be able to be a great student. And I think how that works as me as a project manager is, and I'll let you in on a little secret. When I took my strength finders, my Clifton strength finders, I have zero execution strengths in all of my top 10. (laughs) Like zero. They're all relational, all the other ones, all strategic, right? But I think what has helped me is a lot of our clients are visionaries. They're high quick starts. They are scatterbrained often, right? They have a million ideas. And I understand that from my own journey on how to corral that chaos and to support them and thereby to be able to support the team so that the team doesn't go crazy. <laughs> right.
0: So ADHD or not, what you just said, corralling the chaos. Both of us, although wired, neurologically different, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We still do the same thing, like corralling the chaos. We both have a gift in being able to do that. You have figured this out through life's experiences. And maybe I've done the exact same thing. I don't really know. But we both have that gift. And we've been able to take that gift. And what a gift it is. Not only has it led us and allowed me to walk out of a corporate, very structured career and be able to start something new, be able to really lean into what my gifts were and I remember going through that exercise, Tasha, and I was like, what are my gifts? I have nothing. I'm no good. Like, what is anyone ever going to buy from me? What can I do? You know what? I guess I'm going to do virtual assisting and I'll just do whatever they tell me to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as I continued to dig a little bit deeper, sought coaching, I started to see my best, my highest attributes, the skills that other people needed, the gaps in the market, and it came back to project management. In fact, that was the very first service that I put together when I left corporate and and started my own business. And in this virtual support area, that's what it was for me. It It was really project management.
1: Well, and I think that a lot of times we don't see our gifts for the gifts that they are because our gifts are often the things that come easiest to us or that feel like, oh, nobody's ever going to pay for that. Like everybody's good at that. And the reality is, no, everybody's not good at that. (laughs) They need us to be good at it, you know, because people do struggle with things like project management and organizational skills and leading teams to a goal. So when you can unearth those gifts and then realize that they are true gifts that are marketable the sky's the limit.
0: Right. Because we understand that so easily. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you define project management, you're like, yep, I can check those boxes. But when you take that and you start marketing that as a service, of course we get all up in our heads. We think it has to be this way, but really when, when you're tuning in to something, to a gift that comes natural, it is so much easier to articulate the value when you turn it into things like messaging and marketing. And so I encourage those of you ladies who are listening today who are like, yeah, I identify with many of the traits that Tasha and Natalie just described that come with project management to start seeing yourself as that next version. I know in my own path, I was reluctant to use the title project manager But at the same time, I was telling myself, I've got all these great project management skills and those Mm -hmm. skills and traits that we already discussed, organized, detailed, leaderly, you know, checklist, all of those things. Those are the traits, but they wrap up into a skill that skill can. And I'm imploring you today to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, you don't just have the skills. You have the ability to have a career based off of project management if those skills are what lights you up. And Tasha and I have both been able to do that. So we know that if you're listening today that you likely need this kick in the pants to see yourself at that next level, go ahead, give yourself the title of project management. If this truly is something, now I'm not telling you to falsely call yourself a project manager if you really dislike and you don't have these traits, but I have a good feeling that if you're here, you do. (laughs) So tell me how you have used project management. Think about when you were first starting out. Did project management show up in the way that you were serving your clients?
1: Absolutely. So I started off as a general VA and quickly kind of got into more of being a tech VA. But even being a tech VA, being a general VA, there were so many things that especially with working with those first-time clients who it was the first time that I was working you know, with or they were working with a VA, there was so much that they didn't know. And I don't know that I came into being a VA expecting that, but all of a sudden I was kind of in the driver's seat out of necessity. And I remember the first project that I managed was for our grief therapist. And she was doing this huge 31-day long email challenge into an open cart. I knew what I was doing, but also like, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, like as you were talking about, you know, calling yourself a project manager, I think that we often get into the not knowing enough, or I don't know enough, or I don't have enough experience. And the experiencing is just something that comes with time, you know, and comes with experience. <laughs> and so I I think I leaned into, you know, I know that I can figure it out and I know that I can do this. And I had enough experience in the online space and being a VA by that time that I was able to support her. But man, was that a wild ride.
0: Yes. So that was your very first project. As I was preparing for this interview, I was thinking about my very first project. And I was Really, just open, very much like you. And I think a lot of us, when we're just starting out, we don't have this perfect avatar. We don't have these perfect offers. We come into businesses that typically are around like one hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollars. Who can finally, you know, afford support? We come in and we we do get the gift. And I'm going to remind you guys: if you have been in that situation, or if you will be in that situation, just depending on where what part of the journey you are in. What a gift it was, Tasha, to be the person who came in to kind of an immature business. And I got to be the back, the front, the middle, the big heart, the hard heart at all times to just get us to the next thing. And of course, that's not what's often put out there, right? Like when you see these businesses online, they look like they have all their ish together when in fact, there's somebody there. If it's not the leader, it's the leader plus somebody like you and I have been where not only are we figuring this stuff out, we're allowing them to move forward. But for us, the exploration, the experience that we are getting is like second to none, even though it's stressful sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so in my first launch, I had actually I had hopped into somebody's DMs and she was throwing a retreat. I say throwing a retreat because it really was like a party, but she was hosting a retreat and it was aimed at being like 100 women. And I remember thinking goodness gracious, like this chick looks like a hot mess. I need to help her. Like everyone can sense this. And so I just, all good-hearted parts of me reached out into the DMs and I was like, hey, friend, don't really know you. I'm in your audience. At that point, she had a massive audience compared to little old me, right? Like I was brand new, like new kid on the block for sure. Reached out to her and said, hey, I've got some really cool project management skills. I have managed projects that were events in my corporate days, What would you think about me coming in and giving you a hand? And I, of course, expected her to one, never read it. Number two, to never take me up on it. And three, maybe be insulted that some rando on the internet was reaching out saying, girl, I I think you need some help. (laughs) But you know what? She came to me and she's like, oh my goodness, we have been literally looking for somebody to do this, but we didn't know what to call them. So this is six years ago. You know, the world was a little bit different. The world of the internet was different as well. And so it was was a gift to her and it was a gift to me. Now I charged very, very little because I had no idea what I was doing. And all of that gave me a huge foundation for me to move forward in the skill of project management. So all of a sudden I was creating this massive project and guys, I wasn't creating this project in any kind of wicked cool tool that you're using today. This was in the same way that I was managing projects in corporate. This was in an Excel spreadsheet.
1: (laughs) Oh my word. Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) Yes. So I came back with this 117, you know, task in this project, dependency, all these cool things. And she was blown away. I thought I was just handing over the plan for her. And then she said, you know what? I really like you. Could you stick on and like manage this and make sure all these people get this stuff done? Sure. Oh my goodness. Like for me, I'm on cloud 13 because I only expected to make $500 off of this plan. And all of a sudden I now have a six month retainer. So the world was like really coming for me. I was thinking I have made it. And this was the first project. And it really allowed me to show off all of the strengths that I knew I had, but it allowed me to have somebody else to validate those strengths and show up as a leader, show up as, you know, someone to really take ownership and action over many of the tasks that we had identified in the project plan. So that was my very first, and that led to many, many more projects. And I will say that I'm a consummate project manager. I'm always going to do that. Like I do that in my own life. I can't even go to the darn grocery store without a project plan. So (laughs) that's a little bit about my first project too. When we think about project management, we just talked about basically two different launches or two different strategies that we were able to contribute to. And what I am tying this together, especially for the people who come through our Director of Operations Certification Program... Those ladies that are coming to me after they've already learned from you and I've got ladies who are coming to me and once they finish here, they're like, "Ooh, I've piqued their interest on how project management can lead to launch management. And then they're heading over into your programs as well. So I know that you have the launch manager certification coming up soon. And so I want to spend the remaining time that we have today talking about how project management leads to launch management and give us a little bit of a some history or some traits that you see for those people who see themselves as project managers leading into launch managers.
1: Yeah, so I started the launch manager certification or really started thinking in terms of what the difference is between project management and launch management because of my own agency. When we first started as an agency, we were doing a lot of VA and ongoing OBM work. And then we started getting a lot more clients who were launching. And what I noticed was there was such a huge difference between the OBMs or the project managers on my team who had some really good launch understanding or understandings of launches versus those who just had understanding of project management. And the ones who understood launches could look at deliverables and could Articulate to the other team members what needed to be changed, what a high converting sales page looked like, what a high converting piece of copy looked like, and really understood the language of launching rather than just the language of project management. So I think of launch management as kind of that specialty within project management, or a specialty within project management. Right? When we think about like doctors, doctors are normally not general practitioners. Yes, there are general practitioners, but then there's also specialists for specialty things, and And one of those things can be launch management. So that's kind of the gap that I saw in the market in terms of, yes, there are so many people that have amazing project management skills. Now, how do we elevate that and take that one step further into really being able to support your your clients holistically with their launches in a way where they don't have to be in the weeds. They don't have to know all the things because so many times we get clients who are just like, I want to launch, but I don't know what I don't know, right? Those launch managers can help support them in that. Yeah,
0: I love that. And you're right. If I was going to describe it any way, I would say that launch management is a specialty of project management. And there's a lot of different ways that you can specialize as a project manager. Some of that is going to be indicative to the audience that you're serving, right? If you're serving, let's just say the doctors, right? If you're serving medical professionals, launching may not necessarily make sense to those people, but setting up systems inside of a medical practice would be a different type of project management that you can do. So the types of projects are gonna be very different. So who is the launch management certification best suited for?
1: It's definitely best suited for people who already are established in the online space sometimes we get applications from people and they're like, I'm not really sure what a launch is. Like, I need you to go to figure out what a launch is <laughs> before you're ready, right? Because we're not starting from zero. We're basically understanding that we all kind of understand the common language of launches to some degree. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you've done a ton of launches. It just means that you've been in the online space enough to get what a launch is, how different launches work, what a webinar is versus what a challenge is, kind of those that common vernacular. So we're really looking for people who are either DOOs, OBMs, project managers already, tech VAs, somebody who already has that groundwork done and is now ready to specialize. Do you require that they have already done some launches on their own or? We ask them about that and we either want to know that they've done some launches on their own or that they understand that it's going to be a bigger learning curve for them. Like they're gonna need to put in a little bit more work and I want them to at least understand some of the tech behind it. So they don't need to be a tech VA. Most of the people who come in don't have the most amazing tech skills and that's okay, but they need to understand either like the tech of it, what a launch is, you know, something in that world of launching. (laughs)
0: right? So in our world, we, especially in the director of operations world, we have about 60% of our students that have come through the traditional, they have some experience in the digital space, either in owning their own business or as a service provider, or having been an employee inside of the same space, right? Coaching, consulting, where the language of launching sounds very familiar. And then about 40% of our students are not from the digital and online marketing spaces. And so all of us come with that. And what we teach are really the fundamentals of project management. You know, how to control scope creep, what a dependency looks like, how we can build out these tasks, how we build budgets, how we, you know, look at resource management, very technical project management, because that is your foundation. If you have those skills, they can be used in whatever kind of project that you will be managing. Some of the feedback that we get from those 40% who don't have experience in these digital and online launches, but they want to have experience is, okay, and we give them a scenario or a case study inside of our program where we say, okay, this person's going to do a membership. And we start using that language of launching. We ask them to put together a project plan and they're like, oh, <gasps> I can't do it. I don't know what this means when some of our greatest feedback is project management in general. And I bet you would say the same thing about launch management. Sometimes you just have to do it once to kind of scratch the surface and see if this is an itch you want to scratch because it is a world of its own. And every launch is really different from the previous launch, even if you're launching the same product. And so no two launches are the same. And I'm a big proponent of just getting experience, working with a client that's going to give you the runway to come up with a plan and working with clients where if you don't, if you forget a step, which you're going to, hello, we all do. Even the best project managers and launch managers are gonna forget a step. We're not perfect, mm-hmm. but working with people who allow that learning curve with you. Would you agree? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think that one of the things that I always tell people is that, you know, like you were saying, there's so many different ways that you can do or different things that you can do with project management and ways that you can go about it. And if you're not a person who really enjoys kind of that fast pace that launching is about, you may not enjoy this. I, on the other hand, absolutely love it. I thrive under that kind of pressure cooker environment sometimes, and I really like that kind of sprint to the finish piece of it. And I think that the launch managers that do best inside of my own agency as well as inside of the program are those who really enjoy that and kind of thrive off of that energy and also have that figure out, kind of spirit, right? Like I'm going to jump in and figure it out. We talk about resiliency. And I know that you talk about this a lot in the DO certification too, and being resilient and just like working it out, figuring it out and saying like, I'm going to take a step forward. And sometimes I may make the wrong decision, but it's okay, I at least made a decision. And that's a lot of what launch management is. I think it's also a lot of collaboration because one of the questions we get asked often when people are thinking about the certification is do I have to be an amazing tech VA? Do I have to be an amazing graphic designer, you know, like an amazing copywriter? And the answer is no. Like you are responsible for supporting the team that is going to be part of that, but that is not on you. So you understanding how to communicate and how to collaborate and ask those team members to look at the project plan and to make sure that what they need is in it, that's just as important as the rest of the management.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive into a little bit more of the specifics of launch management. If you've done some launches, whether you were kind of thrown into them or whether it was actually a choice and you said yes to it, let's talk about those common mistakes that happen when project managers come in as launch managers. Mm -hmm. What are some of those mistakes that happen when we're setting up
1: launches? I think the biggest is not managing timeline from the beginning, we always work off of at least eight weeks. Eight weeks is our minimum for any launch of anything. And when people first hear that, when they come into the launch manager certification, they're like, oh, that's why I've been stressed out. Like, this is why this is not working because I'm allowing my client to decide the timeline and clients being quick starts are always going to be like, we're launching in two weeks. Immediately, no, absolutely not. (laughs) We're not doing that, right? So it's really about that being the first thing that you have to set an expectation for. The other thing that we really teach is managing just expectations of the client and looking at based off of what the client's audience size is, what the client's reach is, you know, what is happening in terms of engagement and have they done a launch runway leading up to their launch and everything. All of those are going to create either a great launch outcome sometimes or not so great launch outcome. So really understanding how you communicate and how you talk to your client about like what the likely outcomes are based off of data and metrics. Those are kind of the two big things that we see in kind of the mistakes that people make and also the things that we want to teach so that they avoid those mistakes.
0: Piggybacking off of what you just said, one of those big mistakes that are really red flags. And I tell all of our students like, hey, if you're hearing this, feeling this, even thinking this, This may be the time to raise your hand, have that calibrating conversation because we're amongst friends. This also may be the time where that calibrating conversation becomes the, hey, maybe I'm not your person. Right. Even if you've started the project, but that big mistake is in the very beginning part of your engagement, you've got to set those goals, right? So what are your goals? What what does success look like for you? And if that person comes back to you and says, we're going to sell $100,000 in... I'm just making these numbers up, but you know our goal is to sell $100,000 and you start asking them questions and you're looking at their runway, you're looking at their audience size, you're looking at all of these things and it's just simple math. Like you don't have to be a mathematician or a statistician, but all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you've mm-hmm. never had, you've never brought in anything more than $6,000 at a time. What in God's green earth is gonna make us think that we're gonna get to 100,000? Like we just need to have a real quick chit chat. That's your time to exercise leadership. So many times we start, we avoid that conversation. We're thinking it, but we don't say it. And then we get ourselves up against the wall where we feel like we have to come in and save the launch. Have you ever been Mm -hmm. in that
1: place? Yes. And it's awful. And we now say no to so many clients because... Being in that place is awful. Yes,
0: Yeah. Natasha, I remember this probably a couple of years ago. You were doing launches and your team was very small. This is a couple of years ago, but I had referred a friend to you and you were specializing in launches and I wasn't really specializing in launches. And I was like, you know what? I think Tasha would be the right person for you. And she came back to me and she's like, yeah, she told me no, because I wanted to launch in four weeks. And I was like, yeah, heck yeah. It's like, fun. yes, nobody's launching in four weeks and no one's gonna pull that off for you. So I'm so glad she told you no. She uh-huh. went back to work with you many times thereafter, but yes. setting the expectation up front to say, this is how I work. I mean, there's a lot of lessons in doing that, but a really big mistake that a lot of us will make. And so if you're listening to this and whether you're looking at, leveraging your project management or specializing in launch management, just know that these are, these are red flags and we want, Mm -hmm. we always want to avoid all the red flags. Any other things that come to mind that can really
1: derail you as a person or the project? I think one of the things that we talk a lot about is managing ourselves internally, because we have to remember that we are not responsible for the outcome of the launch in terms of revenue, right? We are in the operational seat. We're responsible for supporting our clients operationally with launch plan, with team and all of those things. We can do that well, but it's up to our client to sell the thing. (laughs) And I think that even my team, like we, we still talk about this a lot because you get into this role because you love helping and supporting people, but to take on that angst of like, if they don't sell whatever they were supposed to sell or wanted to sell or don't reach their launch goals, you personally have failed. Absolutely not. Like Did the project plan go according to plan? Did you do your job with the team? That is success on your end because that is the thing that you are responsible for.
0: Yes, and that's your greatest skill, right? Your greatest skills come back to project management, not in the marketing execution, right? Like the way that they show up, I mean, there are so, I mean, boy, my mind is like bumping. I know, I'm
1: like all of the different clients. (laughs) Like a Rolodex.
0: it takes practice to protect myself as someone who is deeply empathic, who only works with people I genuinely like as human beings. And then all of a sudden our goals aren't being met. And the question that you ask that I want everyone to hear is at the end of a launch, you go back and you say, did we execute the agreed upon plan? Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes, you far exceeded the expectations of what would have happened if you weren't in that place. And so you really have to protect your heart. I would say at the end of the day, it's probably your heart more so than your head. And you have to make it really just visceral. Like I wrote the launch, we executed the launch, I managed the launch. Mm -hmm. And if the outcome is different than what the leader expected, you know, there's many parts to this and it's not just the project plan.
1: Yeah, there are so many variables. You know, that's one of the reasons why we have that conversation with each one of our clients. We have that conversation with each one of our team members to remember on both sides that because it's so easy to get wrapped up in it and then think that you have failed in some way when you have not failed. You far exceeded the expectations, like you just said. There are too many variables that could have happened a month before you started, two months, 10 years before you started that are trickle effects into what is happening in that launch in that moment.
0: Not to mention the mindset of the person launching. You and I both launch several times a year. And so, I mean, even though I'd say that we've done all of these things, we've actually been on the back end of these things. So we know how they work. There's still like a mental component to launching to any sales cycle that is really, really hard. Even for someone who's done this many times over, some of my weakest moments, mindset moments are in the middle of a sale or in the middle of a, a conversion event or something like that. Yes, I'm good at it. Yes, I love it. But there's also a part of me, it's like the mid-launch blues. I'm always texting you oh, yeah. or my mastermind or somebody. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to be broke. No one's going to buy from me. <laughs> but you're also supporting that part. The leader that you're working with is also, they still are permeable to mindset moments of, of fear. Yeah. So it's not just the project plan.
1: <laughs> you want to know the best decision that we made in the last year for our full service launch clients, we hired a mindset coach for them during their launches.
0: Oh, Tasha. We Tasha,
1: it has been game changing game-changing because, you know, we can set themselves up for expectations that are real and numbers that are real and tangible and everything. And they can yes us to death, but you get in the middle of those tumbleweeds that is the middle of a launch that we all know is coming. And we set them, (laughs) set them up for the fact that like, there's going to be this moment in the middle where nobody's buying and everything is crickets. And it feels like the end of the world and. We can help you through that, but also not to the extent that a mindset coach is. So go talk to this person. (laughs) And
0: what a great way to set boundaries, Mm -hmm. man. I mean, because when you take on that emotional and mental energy of somebody else, I mean, we're not skilled to do that. We may be good humans and good friends, but I mean, at some point I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know
1: what to tell you.
0: (laughs) No, no. Awesome. thank you so much for sharing all of this today. I think my goal in having you on here is to really highlight the difference in project management and launch management and also the similarities. I think one builds upon the other, but if this digital and online space is an area that interests you, that you're excited about, that you find yourself reading, you know, like I I never intended to know much about digital marketing. I came from healthcare the sphere that I came from was very, very different. And I also came and learned like traditional project management. And so when I navigated and found myself in this space, I was curious about what funnels were and what, you know, I was watching the way other people were marketing. It made me curious. And that's how I learned. There was no script for us seven years ago when we were coming into the space. It yeah. was like, just get your hands dirty and figure it out, learn from it be a good communicator so that if you're making the wrong decision or you're going down the wrong path, you can raise your hand with ease. And really that's how I would tell most people today that if you're an effective communicator, you're detail oriented, just know, give yourself permission to try it. And then right after that, give yourself permission to make mistakes because you're going to. You're going to. Yeah. Yes. So, if our conversation being a little fly on the wall in this conversation today has made you think hmm i love project management i should look at being a launch manager i would love to direct your attention to tasha's upcoming certification program so tasha give us a little bit of information about the certification program when you are accepting applications and how they can find you
1: yeah absolutely so It is a three-month certification program. It is fast, furious, and amazing. (laughs) We do three cohorts a year. So our next one is coming up January, 2022. So we're actually closing doors to that in just a couple weeks. They can head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash launch for more information. And definitely make sure that if you sign up or if you enroll or apply that you put down Natalie as the referrer. I would love that because I always like to know that my friends are looking out for me and you always. Please <laughs> do. So thank you. <laughs> we do have a mutual friendship there. Alrighty,
0: friends. I hope that this has been insightful for you. And Tasha, thanks for spending some time with us today. I always love our conversations, but most importantly, I think the people that are listening in with both of us every single week have some synergies. Our audiences have some synergies. And I hope that even a handful of people make their way over to you and become avid listeners and learners of all the great things that you share. You also keep us quite entertained. And I love that as well. You remember in the intro, she talks about, karaoke. And this woman is truly gifted with karaoke. So, <laughs> and theater in general. I love it. Tasha. Thank <laughs> thanks again for being here friends. And we will see you guys next week.